0: Oh, Lord, good morning, Action Church. How are y'all this morning? You know, I'm kind of excited that uh, I think it's Christine and Betty and Lynn and uh, who else is down there with them? Missy. They're all going to be down there watching me. I'm pretty excited about that, personally. So I have missed you guys. I've been gone for a while. Sierra and I got to take a beautiful trip and have a great time never been gone 18 days, it's a really long time. Really long time not to see your church family and hang out with your friends. And I am super, super excited to be here with y'all today. It's so so wonderful to come back, get to love on some people. Uh, I saw some some, uh, faces we haven't seen in a while. That's awesome. Uh, I can't call any names because I'm not supposed to talk about it. But you know, I was at the quick trip a couple of days ago and there was this girl in there and I haven't seen her in a while. And comes in. She's got all this makeup on and everything. I asked her, I said, why don't you wear that at church? You look pretty. She says, I don't do this. So, anyway, she told me I couldn't say that, so I decided I would. <laughs> so from the looks of the crowd, I'm pretty sure none of y'all knew that it was going to be me today. Pretty sure y'all thought it was Gary, but, or you knew it was going to be me today and said, hey, we'll get to have lunch at 12. You know, we won't have to wait until twelve thirty-one o'clock. Either way, I'm super excited that you're here. So this series is called The Mixtape. Gary's preaching his previous sermons. Now, I don't have 2,752 previous sermons to preach from, but I chose the first one that I preached here. I I I talked about the first time we were talking about God's plan B for your life. So hopefully you guys will like this one better. Hopefully this will be a little bit better. Maybe it'll be a little more informative. We are certainly going to keep the band on their toes because last time, first time I preached, they were, they were all sitting back there gabbing and figured out, hey, hold on, he's done. We better get up there and play. So. But when I brought this message the first time, it was during a series of the plan B to plan A, or plan A didn't work, plan B. So without any doubt... And y'all can't go uh, looking at all the stuff I say because sometimes I'm like Gary, I make some stuff up, but uh, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I do read God's Word, and I know how God's Word speaks to me. I know what He says to me. And that's the exciting thing is that I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and I get to come up here and hang out with all of y'all. And I appreciate that opportunity. So I've had a lot of Plan Bs in my life. Um, I've screwed up a lot of plan A's, Um, Sierra is nowhere near my first wife, Uh, we've uh, been around some, done some stuff and had some fun and uh, probably been broke a couple of times, Uh, but looking back, we're sitting on the front porch on on, uh, Friday night and Sierra and I were looking back and thinking and we could never have imagined us being where we are, but we do know that it was God's plan. We drove through uh, where we both grew up yesterday. We had to put out some signs for real estate. We drove through where we both grew up yesterday, and we kind of wondered how we never saw each other before, and I'm pretty confident we probably did. Um, she didn't realize how hot I was. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, so... But it was cool, so go through old home week, and but to get sit on the porch Friday night and say, you know, how in the world did we get to this spot? How did we hang out here? How did we get to this place? And that's the coolest part, because you know God has a plan. He has a plan for our lives. He has a plan of how to get us there, and he's okay when we screwed up and don't use plan A or B or C or D or E or F, any of those plans, but part that we got to figure out, though, the most important part is he loves us. He loves us, and he wants us to be where he wants us to be. So I don't know about a lot about your all stories. I don't know some of your all's, where, you're, where you've been. You know, I get to hear some things, but I don't know where everybody's been. I don't know what they've done. I don't know how they screwed up. So we're not going to talk about y'all today. I know how David screwed up. So we can talk about David. That will be an easier, easier way to do it. So when you think about God's plan and what he has for you in, in your life, everyone thinks about, you know, the different places in the Bible that he talks about. In Jeremiah 29, he talks about it a lot. Jeremiah, when he was writing that book, he, uh, they'd just gone through a lot of stuff. People dying. But Jeremiah saw that God had a plan. God said to Jeremiah, I have a plan. And that's what Jeremiah is about, is God's plan. So we're going to get into that a little bit more today. But the important part is, God had a plan. You know, God's word is full of his plan for you. Reading God's word is how you get there. Praying to God is how you get there. So Galatians and Ecclesiastes all speak of God's plan. All the books of the Bible, if you read through them and think about it, kind of tell a story of how you get there, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how you should, how you should. not Here you go, there you don't go. But in Romans 8, God's word says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, So Basically, it says you got to love God, and you got to believe in God. you got to believe in Jesus. It's that simple. We know that in all things, I can't read it because it's way over here. Can I leave the carpet all the way over God works for the good of those who love him. So as long as you love God, he works for your good. How many of us are sitting out there today and saying, wow, I wonder what God's plan is for my life? I wonder what God thinks I should be doing today. I wonder if God thinks I should be hanging out here. Should I be going over there? Should I be talking to this person? Should I not be talking to this person? What is God's plan? Better yet, how many of us are sitting here thinking, Wow, God, I screwed up those two plans. You got, Is there plan three somewhere out there? Is there another plan I can work on? Because this one ain't working. So hopefully over this next, I told Phil I was going to preach two hours, but I can't preach two hours. I don't know that much. So uh, over these next few minutes, hopefully, we will be able to at least give you some hope and maybe unlock something that unlocks your future that God has for each of you because God does have a plan I thought it'd be easier to put it in this book but I'm not sure it is so Sierra and I like to say we have certainly been around a mountain or two when it comes to marriage we've uh there's several divorces between us there are several ex-spouses between us we haven't killed any spouses so we're not widowers But the most important thing that I think you got to think about, because I know there's lots of you out there that have been through the same situation. I don't know where you are. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with that right now. Maybe you're, maybe you're in a place in your life right now that you're thinking, wow, how am I going to get back from this plan to this plan? So most therapists will tell you that divorce is worse than losing a spouse to death. Because the problem with divorce. You still see that person sometimes. There's still little reminders. There's still little reminders, typically usually called children, (laughs) that you have to go to the ex's house for Christmas or Thanksgiving or for birthday or you got to go party to a birthday party. So most therapists say it's easier to go through a death of your spouse than it is divorce. Unfortunately, the church world, not an action church. Churches are by possibly a little bit more religious than we are. Says that divorce is still taboo. Knowing my story, most churches would not allow me to be up here. I can't go to the Baptist church and preach, that's for sure. Can't go to the Methodist church and preach, that, for dang Sure. I can't be a deacon, can't serve in any leadership capacity whatsoever. Sierra and I were going to a church down there in Woodstock, really big one. And they were talking about a class on divorce and divorce recovery. Sierra and I went over and said, oh, we got this one. (laughs) We know about this one. Well, yeah, but y'all are divorced. Yeah, it's a class on divorce. Nah, y'all can't. Y'all can't teach that class. Y'all can't be part of the leadership. That is not God's plan. That's religion plan. That's those people that don't like people. As Gary would say, that's those people that you're trying to impress that you don't even like. I remember us getting that word that we weren't going to be allowed to teach this class and it's like you shake your head and you think, "Wow. God's plan put us here." As Gary preaches more than more than once, that's my story. I don't bring much to the table. But I know how to be divorced. And I know, but I know how to get over it. And I know how to go to plan B or plan C or plan D or plan E. I know how to get there. I know how to share that. I know how to love on somebody when they're going through that. I tell so many of my friends when they're going through something like that, hey, call me. We go right around in the truck. We well, ain't got to say anything. Because sometimes when you're going through a bad site, a bad place in your life, you just don't want to say anything. You just want to be with somebody who might love you. Or, hey, call me. I'll listen. Now, if any of y'all know me, I got to say something every once in a while. I just can't. It's not in me not not just to say something, but, but I can listen. I can listen to where you are. And that's what God wants. That's God's plan. Let's love on each other. Let's be there together with each other. Let's be there and love on each other like nobody's ever loved on anybody. That's what we're here for. If you believe what we're reading right now about the Methodist church, it appears that about half of them are more okay with the LBGQT community than they are with someone being divorced. how is that right? That ain't right. That's religion. What you see here, what we do every Sunday, this is being a Christian. Nothing more exciting. I was at at a meeting yesterday morning with some guys, and one of my friends introduced me. I I officiated their wedding, but he said, hey, by the way, he's preaching tomorrow, preaching at Action Church. And so I had people ask me about Action Church. You can just tell by the community that there's probably some Methodists and some Baptists and some others. And uh, <laughs> But the cool thing was they asked me about Action Church. What do y'all stand for? That we stand for helping people. We stand for loving people where they are, right where they are. I said, now, I'd love for all of y'all to come. You need to be aware of a couple of things. There's some homeless people that will probably be there. There's people to come in there without shirts on. There's a guy sits in the back corner sometimes with a knife. There's some guns there. But we love people. That's what we are at Action Church. Action Church, we love people. They said, hey, is that that church that has MMA on on Saturdays? I said, that's the one. (laughs) I said, but you got to know, we don't pay Gary anything. So he's got to make money somehow, so he has to get up there and do MMA stuff. He's got to do events. And I said, we don't pay anybody anything. The money comes in, we pay the few bills we have, it all goes out. That is God's plan. That is Christianity. That is loving on other people. I don't want to get off on money, but I will tell you, if everybody tithed, we wouldn't have to have the government to take care of our people. That's all I'm going to say about that. Cool thing about today, it's not about the world, it's about God's plan. All that's the world. None of that matters to any of us, or shouldn't. That's the world's plan. Let's talk about God's plan. So in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What is it the Brooks and Dunn song says? Words written in red. It's hard to find a Bible that the words are written in red anymore. And I promise you, right there in the middle, says, declares the Lord. Those are words written in red. I know, for I know the plans I have for you. It's all y'all. It's David Westrick. I know the plans I have for you. So when you're hanging out and you're feeling lost, not sure of the plan, not sure of what God wants you to do, not sure what's next, know one thing. For I, our Lord, know plans I have for you. Cool thing is, we got to do one thing. Ask. Hey, Lord. Tell me that plan again. What's my what's that plan? So our first point today is, he has a plan for you. So think about this. The king of kings the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, has a plan for you. Now, the cool thing about the creator of the universe, so I, I'm an engineer by degree, and I hang out with scientists kind of people. and I hang out with people who think they know better than most. Cool thing about... The Creator of the universe, even if you don't believe in God, you're an atheist you're whatever it is. if the Sun is ninety three million and one mile away from the Earth, we would all freeze to death. If the sun was ninety two million nine hundred ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine miles from the Earth, we'd all burn up. I don't care who you are, somebody's hanging out saying, Hey, let me keep those in that right spot. So God has a plan for you. So in Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13, so everybody knows Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Everybody's read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Twenty nine, twelve, and thirteen is what you're supposed to think about. Then you will call upon me, our Lord, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Let's see. Me, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six times, six times, ask me, our Lord, and I'll tell you. It's That simple. It is literally that simple. So my wife has a lot of great sayings, and uh, she's certainly a much better Bible scholar than I am. Uh, she's in her word way more than I am. She does a better job when it comes to being a good Christian than I am a lot of times. One of my most favorite sayings that she has is, we are no stranger to God. Such a simple statement, such a profound meaning. That should give everybody tremendous peace that if you know him, You're not a stranger to him. should scare the crap out of every one of us that if you know him, he saw what you did yesterday. He knew where you were last night. He knows where you are this morning. He knows that you're here or not there. He knows whatever you're doing. So it's good and it's bad. He's watching. And hopefully you're paying attention. But... being stupid, he's watching. You got to be careful about that. You got to know that. So our second point today is don't be a stranger to God, to him. He literally knows everything you've done. He knows those things that you did when nobody was there Just you, he still knows. We teach our children, that's the definition of integrity. You're hanging out in California and everybody else is in Georgia and you do something stupid. One person knows. Maybe nobody else does. God does. That's the definition of integrity. Doing what you're supposed to do when nobody's looking. Doing what you're supposed to do when nobody's around. Doing what you're supposed to do when you don't even want to do what you're supposed to do. So, no matter how stupid you've been, and I'm amongst you, I've been pretty stupid. He is still ahead of us. That's the cool part. He's still ahead of us. There was a time, there have been several times in my life that I was going from plan A to B, B to C, C to D, D to E, E to F. But I remember this one particular time, I was going through some things, I was going through a divorce, my kids were really young, I didn't want to be a single dad, I had some job issues going on, wasn't sure where I was going to work but your eyes going to pay for anything, you know, because all of a sudden you're two incomes, now you're one, and you got to go do all the cool stuff that you wanted to do as one, two incomes. But it's a lot harder when you only have one. And I remember I was driving to work, I was on, two, I was on 75 going down to Smyrna because that's where our office was, and I remember yelling at God. I remember saying to God, God, you have, you just don't understand you got no idea what I'm going through. You're not paying attention. You haven't done what I asked you to do. You haven't re- repaired my marriage. You haven't made me less stupid. You've done, you're, not do, you're not listening. You're not here. You're not listening to what I'm telling you. Why are you not listening, God? I'm right here. I'm talking to you. You said talk to. You said you would listen. I remember I, I can see it right now. driving down the road, telling him he ain't listening. I'm crying because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to be in a week. you know what I remember the most about that day? I got home that night by myself because kids were with their mom. And I remember God's word, and I remember I was reading a devotional, and it said, hey, go read Jeremiah 29. Go read that part. And I remember as I was, I actually wrote weeping here in my notes. I was crying like a little baby reading through that devotional, And remember thinking, he heard everything I said. He does know, and he does, without any doubt, have a plan. And think about that. It's kind of like the sun and the earth. How did God know that I was going to yell at him in the morning to come home at night and to say, hey, stupid, read the word. Says right here in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I have a plan for you. I should get an amen. Come on, man. <laughs> so, like it says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven twelve and thirteen, come to him, and he will listen. So let's get to the crux of the matter. Our last point today is seek him in all you do. And I really want to talk to you all about that. Did all that to get to here. Now, the the band shouldn't get too excited, but probably won't, I don't know how long we're gonna go, but it's not a whole lot longer, but anyway. um, If you seek him in all you do, He'll show you how to get there. Remember what we said in the beginning? All you have to do is ask. A couple of things to think about. Are you supposed to go to God and say, Hey, no didn't ask you before I bought that car. But is that cool? That's not the plan. I know I didn't ask you before I took that money out and spent it. Is that cool? I know I didn't ask you what your thoughts were. I know I didn't ask you your plan. I know I didn't ask you what you thought. That's okay, right, God? I'm good, right? Because I prayed about it afterwards, and that's the plan, right? That's how it works. Certainly praying every six or seven or eight months, we don't think that's the plan, right? Nobody thinks that's the plan, do they? Does anybody think that's the plan? I am confident we all realize that the plan is to ask to let him show us, to read his word and understand. What he would have us to do. Confident that we all know that. I'm confident without any doubt that myself and the majority of you do not apply that regularly. I know I don't. When I buy something, it goes like this. Hey, I really like that. Yeah, I need that. Let's get that. Oh, how much does that cost? Hey, I'd really like to start this business. That's a cool idea. Let's do that. Oh, hey, God. um, Really want to do this. Is that cool? Is that what I should be doing? So I don't know about any of y'all. Maybe it's not y'all. Maybe it's just me. But you got to get the order right. You got to get the hard part right. You gotta ask God first. If you ask God first, you will be amazed at the blessings that will come out of that. You'll be amazed at at what God shows you, and what God does for you, and how he blesses you and he blesses your family and your friends and the people around you. So the key here is... it's just really not that hard to talk to him. It is really simple. You look at 1 Thessalonians five, sixteen through 18, he says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How cool is it that the word says to pray continually? It says, rejoice always, too. So, I don't know about y'all, but when I pray, I always want to thank God for what he's done for me. Look at this beautiful day he gave us. Two days ago, he gave us beautiful rain. We needed it. Remember, he has a plan. Pray continually is the coolest thing in the whole world. You know, a lot of us, when we pray, we want it to sound so official. Dear God, thank you so much. Uh, hope you're doing good. Yeah, thanks. Yay, God. Pray continually, it does not need to be official. It doesn't have to end in amen. You can talk to God all day. It says pray continually. That's how we talk to him. I used to know this guy, he didn't really have a dad. And when he would pray, he'd say, daddy. He'd come to him and say, daddy. Because that was his dad. And that's where we are. You can pray every day. You can pray all day. You're thinking about doing something stupid, pray. You're thinking about doing something good. You still need to pray. still need to think about it. You can pray continually. It says right there, rejoice always, pray continually. It is not hard. It is not a trick. It is not a, some weird thing that you know. You can pray continually. You're sitting at your office. You're working on your computer you can just say, "Hey, hey, God, I noticed how cool that was. What you did, thanks." Or, "Hey, God, thank you for that blessing. Thank you for that person in front of me at the at the McDonald's who paid for my lunch." It's that simple. We make it so hard. You know, we make it like, "Oh, you can't pray." You know, you gotta you gotta do this. You gotta get on your knees. You gotta go and get in the closet. You gotta get whatever you got. You don't. You pray right where you're sitting. You can pray in your car, you can pray outside, you can do pray continually. Says so in the Word. I may be, I may not know, but God knows. The coolest thing that I was thinking about when I was putting this together. I was listening to my, I was thinking, and I was reading, and I was studying, and uh, Can you imagine how cool it would be if Jesus walked in back there right now? Mm. Mm. Sorry. (laughs) Because he'd want to hang out with us. Because we are the Christians in this community. Can you imagine how cool that would be? Because he does want to hang out with us. We are his people. I think he would go in and turn tables over in a lot of churches today. But he'd want to hang out with us. I can't tell you the number of times when I'm telling people about our church, I hear that's what it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Supposed to be like that. I mean, y'all look around. As Gary says, we're an island of misfit toys. I assure you, we are. I mean, look, I can't see any of you because the light's on. I can see like this corner and this corner. That's all I can see. But I've seen most of you when you came in, and we are an island of misfit toys. (laughs) Without a doubt. Let's close with this. There's three things you need to think about. The good news is one, he has a plan for you. Whoever you are, he has a plan for you. How do we get the plan? Don't be a stranger to him. He already knows what you're doing, he knows you're stupid. He knows you're not doing what you're supposed to do. It's not like he's shocked. Unfortunately, Sarah reminds me of that a lot, but anyway. <laughs> you're not a stranger, stupid. He knows what you did. Most important part of all, seek him in everything you do. It is that simple. God is... It is. It's that simple. Pray and ask God to guide your and my footsteps. Ask Him to show you His plan. Ask Him to put that person in your life. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him for a mentor. Ask Him for a job. Ask Him for a wife. Ask Him for a friend. Ask Him to help you not drink tonight. Ask you, ask him not to, for you not to take drugs tonight. Ask him for anything. Pray continually. That's what it says. Pray continually. Ask him. That's how you get there. You have to ask him. Remember the first part of that. Praise him. We all wouldn't be here without God. Not a single one of us you believe whatever. I don't know what the world believes. It's highly screwed up, but I can assure you, in my opinion, ain't none of us going to be here without God. So, you guys, know that at Action Church, we are what we're supposed to be most of the time. We do exemplify God in what we do so let's pray and then we're going to hear the band I want everybody to stand up I want everybody to stay here I'm like Gary everybody stay it's three more minutes It's literally three more minutes and I'm sure and I'm sure Phil probably won't suck I don't know um that was for Phil but uh let's pray